All right, babe. All right, this is our first <laughs> podcast on YouTube. We are really talking and we are really able to be seen while we talk. Well, by that, you there's a whole lot of other episodes that I uploaded that were before. Yeah, so it's not our first rodeo. We've done podcasts for years and we're really professional. Like, it's okay if we hit our mic. We're not afraid of that. <laughs> but this is the first time that we've ever recorded our podcast directly to YouTube. So our favorite thing about podcasting in a YouTube format, just like that, hit the mic, is that you can play this. You can just do the same thing you'd normally do with a podcast. But this way, it kind of feels like we're in a conversation with you. It almost feels like you would be normal to shout back at the screen when we say something you don't like. Or when you say something that you're super into and you're just like standing up like it's your favorite football game. We're here for that. And now it's time for What's New on the Homestead. Uh, lots of new babies on the the homestead. So right now, if we if we consider all the babies in motion, we've got uh, four, about three month old pig piglets. Four four of them. Then we have one pregnant cow, and she's due in September. And our mama pig is probably due in another two months. So that could be eight piglets coming soon and we had a baby since we last podcasted so that is another person and she is almost a year old so she is walking i feel like everywhere. there's so many new things that uh aside even from what are we growing it's how are we multiplying the living beings on our property yeah i would say the biggest things on the homestead is definitely just trying to figure out how to have all of the parts fit together. Like me, gears, right? Well, me, and and, and the, the, our family all at the same time, meaning that we need dedicated spaces for the kids to be mm. able to access where, you know, the large animals aren't going to get in their way and then they have to stop playing uh, well, for the dogs to not run away, for Georgia to not eat raw, like all of the things and working then together. That additional portion of what we want to do in this ecosystem on our farm. So we have one cow now instead of two. We we will talk all about why we have just one cow now. And how now, brown Bronco. cow? <laughs> and that that is a huge secondary product on our farm. Is all the manure that we're turning into compost. So that also needs its own dedicated space. Uh, we've got the studio and the building. Do you buildings. want the compost somewhere else? No, the, it's it's fantastic. Does that actually work? What if we build the house right there? That's my thought is like, okay. it's fantastic for now. And yeah. it also feels very um, like, um, like a thickness, like the air is full of anticipation because we are also figuring out what's the next five moves for our family. We won't move away from the property, but on the property, there's a lot of big things that we're doing. So planning our next house, there's uh, what are we going to do even just for like a milking stanchion or maybe even a milking parlor, a workshop, a, a high tunnel for our um, You want the high growing. tunnel? I want do you know where you want things. the high tunnel yet? Well, I think we need to figure out where the house is going first because it's going to be the biggest thing. 
But then even we've got paddocks planned for the cow, but we built paddocks and designated a spot in our forest for the pigs. So it really does feel a lot like the inside of a clock. So if you just opened up that door and you saw how every gear and some of the gears are bigger and the the little ones though are still so integral for all the pieces to work together and it feels a little like clockwork here even with the ages that the kids are are growing into and the things that they're leaving behind. So there's a lot of like limitations that we had when we had a nine, eight, six, and three-year-old. Now they're all leveled up and our 12-year-old is the size almost of the 40-year-old. So there's a lot changing around here as as we get the gears in the right place for the things that we want to do. The whole homestead working together. It, it is not as easy as permaculture. I don't in know. books? Well, everybody says in permaculture that it's like year seven. I don't know if we're going to hit that year seven, that year seven stride. But I think we oh, have. Oh, I think so by year seven. Let's talk about what's growing in our garden. Okay, babe, so what is growing in the garden? Finally, things. Our garden has been sleeping for just over a year, I think. A little more than a year, yeah. So when we had Georgia in May of 2022, we knew that we were not going to garden that spring at all and probably not even till the fall. So then the fall came around this year and we're like, nope, still not ready to garden because we had a cow, right? We had a whole two cows that we were trying to maintain plus the calves that were nursing so we have had a very long dormant season in our garden and finally we've got um, herbs that got into the ground we have I guess it's a oh did you not did you look for any starts no we were just rushing okay so we got a purple basil lavender and rosemary we use rosemary all the time because our freezer is full of all of our beef and so every time we make a steak it's gonna have garlic and rosemary as the seasoning it's the jam for our kids like Everett is like yes I will do steak and Ollie is a very snobby child now over what beef he eats because he's like yeah are we having the ribeye or are we having the t-bone tonight I've never felt more rich than when I look in my freezer. So we've got rosemary. Um, A couple of things came back. We've got some curly leaf parsley and um, lemon balm, which is like this really fantastic herb. Um, What else do we have? Well, so so we're probably not going to get a lot of things started with seeds Mm -hmm. just that's kind of our style because i just don't i mean we we would like to be ahead of the game i am not what you would call on time for anything so it's (laughs) nine o'clock recording no i it's way past nine by now it is it's like 10 yeah we're getting it done (laughs) i definitely will not have seed starts ready ever but i really love to buy them because it's like instant garden so there's mint in there there's a cilantro plant that speaking of never being on time 
I did not take it out of the garden. It went to seed. I have no less than 200 cilantro plants growing everywhere in the garden right now because the seed went everywhere. So loads of herbs, all herbs that we will use. And then um, strawberries that have returned. I learned that strawberries are not, did you know this? They are not perennials. Like a perennial, a true perennial is going to either seed or it's going to root. And then that root is going to return the plant the next year. Like think of an asparagus. But strawberries don't reseed. They send out runners and those runners have a lifespan. So the actual plant is dying back, but the new runners are creating this new generation of strawberries. semi Perennial. I don't. I don't think that's what they're calling it. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm going to challenge that science. You go ahead and challenge that because you know so much <laughs> about that. Oh, but we also have a couple other really cool things growing in the garden, and I will let you run with everything that you're putting in our edge beds. Yes, because so, that's exciting to me. Well, it is. It's working. A lot of y'all <laughs> right? are interested on, hey, any update on the fodder tree mm-hmm. uh, system? Uh, and it's actually, so our white mulberry is exploding a lot. I'm really impressed I with that. I did not know she'd do so good. I know. Uh, so white mulberry is doing good. That is the one tree that is actually in the ground, not in like a raised garden bed. We did that basically the first year that we were here. Uh, it's taken a lot. Uh, yeah, time. our rabbit breeder, uh, mentor at that time, brought us a whole lot of cuttings, and that was a, like two of the trees. She, she brought us like fifty cuttings, and only two survived. But they <laughs> were so good, they're so good. <laughs> and but then from doing the fodder trees, it, it was white mulberry, hybrid poplar, and then hybrid willow. The high, and so I just we had a whole lot of cuttings mm-hmm. in the fall. Uh, going into winter uh, whenever they went dormant and I just cut the branches off and coppice them lower and then I just have the boys and basically uh, bribe them for I don't know payment or watching a movie or something and say hey if you get this whole mm-hmm. five gallon bucket into the ground then you well can... we all walked the property so I had Georgia on multiple times like well, yeah. we've done it a lot all of the kids and I walked the edges of the property. So we have some at our fence line. Even those are taking off. But in the garden in particular, you've got this great, beautiful mulberry that's mm-hmm. starting to really take shape. Yeah. But then in our beds, we're focusing a lot. Well, I guess in this garden in particular, there's plans for a future garden. But our current garden has taken a shift toward just really focusing on how can we feed our animals out of our garden, knowing that we're going to plant as much as we can for them because they can take an abundance and we will also eat out of that. So in the past, our focus has always been, what do we want to eat? What are we realistically going to can? What do we want to have in our stores? And now there are so many things that grow here really well and grow, um, like prolifically, like we have so much left over that we can't eat ourselves. We're actually going to shift our focus so that we're growing more of those things for the animals. And that includes the fodder trees. So the fodder trees right now are just taking really great root. We have a bunch in um, 
these like 18 inch garden beds that are surrounding all the perimeter of our garden and I guess inside the garden and then we'll reshape a bunch of beds so that we have paths through the through the garden and then in the future wherever our new house lands that'll be a new sort of kitchen garden off of the house so it's For sure. quick and easy to walk to but this way we don't waste our time and we also don't waste another season coming through because even if we do very little in this garden a garden with things that grow easily with very little maintenance means that we'll actually have a yield at the end of it. Okay, so we're going to be talking a little bit about what has gone on this past winter because I feel like it was something that it a lot of holes to be able to fill in if you're watching us on mm. YouTube and you want to be able to say, oh, well, what happened to that animal? What happened to this animal? You know, just to kind of fill in some of those gaps of what what happens in a winter time what happens mm -hmm. whenever animals don't work out what happens whenever you know your plans for building a pond yep. or a garden and having you know expanding your family mm -hmm. if it's real life because i there's some thing i mean there's some super human homesteaders out there <laughs> that they they keep on going yeah you know but sometimes you just gotta act and adjust and that is what yeah. we're doing so. I wonder if that's fair to say, like, homesteading is all farmhouse chic and fun until you get to it. And then it's farmhouse chic and fun, but you're also, like, maintaining that all that fun farmhouse chic doesn't get cow poop all over it, if that makes sense. Like, the messes are both physical and metaphoric. Like, the the idea that... that homesteading is idyllic it's it's picturesque it's you know coffee on your porch while you watch your chickens run around absolutely and that is the payday that gets you through the hard things that you're mentioning which is when an animal doesn't work out um that was our experience with our two cows so we got goldie and princess buttercup in November of 2022. Yeah, it's hard for me. No, to 2021. Yeah. I was super pregnant, but feeling really poorly. And my midwife was like, yeah, here are a list of these great nutrient dense foods that you should get. Milk was on them. And I was like, yeah, but what if we make it even better and we buy our own cow? So we bought a dairy cow and knowing we wanted to calf share we bought a calf with her and we knew that that would give us breaks. This was like, I, and I still firmly believe in the calf share. I really feel like this is such a good win for our family. We're allowed to leave the property. We don't have to be married to every moment here when we have a calf who can help keep our cow healthy. So Goldie is the milk cow. She's amazing. She's very gentle. She comes from um, a small scale dairy. Really, it was only a dairy in order to keep all the cows healthy I think so. at that point. So he raised jerseys. He bred jerseys. And we bought Goldie in milk. And Princess Buttercup was like two months old. We brought them home. They worked splendidly together. And then as Princess Buttercup grew, we haltered her. We practiced walking around with her. But I do think that there was some sort of like turning point. No big incident, right? Like it wasn't like she was violent. 
she was just really food motivated. And the more and more that she grew, we realized our limitation in training her or having the skill or knowledge to train her and the time to do it. And like those things about this farmhouse chic, this is a great idea. It seems like you should be able, everyone should be able to have the time to train their cow. But if you're learning how to train a cow to a harness, if you're learning um, by trial, it's really challenging to have the time to do that and still do everything else you're learning all at once. So all at once, we were having our first litter of piglets. All at once, I was super pregnant. All at once, we still had to homeschool our kids. Took nine months, but yes. But over that time of this cow becoming more and more pushy or food aggressive or motivated, she was never dangerous. She was just really bossy. And it wasn't something that we had the built-in skill or experience to know how to change easily. Like if we just... Like, okay, once you teach a kid to learn to read, you can kind of teach other kids to learn to read. But if you've never taught a cow how to respect you, it's hard to learn how to do that amidst the soup of everything else that's happening. So that's my take on Buttercup is she was just more than we could handle. Well, I mean, that's what the 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 person that um, bought her. Yeah. Yes. It. W- I, we got that call. Yeah. Yeah. So... And what we told him was like, hey, she, well, let's talk a little bit about the, the history of, of what went yep. on this winter. Because that's yes. about why we ended up selling her, mm-hmm. I think. It all started with trying to get Goldie pregnant in uh, the early fall. Right. And so we we shared that in on a YouTube video. And it didn't take. I don't know why it didn't take. Maybe she miscarried whenever we got her hooves trimmed. That was kind of we, we've, we've learned point. that she does not like to be haltered it's just not her thing and if you just let her do her thing then she'll let you milk she never kicks everything but she does not like to be restrained right so for some reason the first pregnancy ai uh didn't take artificial insemination so we decided let's just wait about another month so that we can try to AI Buttercup at the same time because Buttercup wasn't able to be impregnated. She was too young. Correct. So we waited till December. We did that, and this is the first time that we've talked about it here on this channel. It just hasn't really come up. Uh, they both got pregnant. So they was both totally... Um, it's a win. Yes. Like, it's a, a tale of two cows. Yeah, so they both uh, pregnant. Awesome. While our amazing AI tech, Bert, from South Africa. South Africa. We asked, hey, are you able to do the test? A genetic testing to on fi- both of them. Yeah, to find out if they're A2, A2. Yeah, and that genetic testing is kind of, I mean, I don't think it's unique to every animal, but you need like a sampling. So when you print this off from a lab that's in California, can't remember what university it is, but. They, I think some people will just like pull the hair. You sent from their it to animal. California. I sent it to California. I, I didn't tell was you A&M. about it. I knew you were gonna have feelings. I just didn't I even. It was A and M. I didn't even discuss it. It wasn't it was A&M. not. I'm the one who sent it off. I know such things. Why do you have to send that to California? 
Why are you so biased against I'm California? I'm not. I'm just curious. This why you, you have are. to, like, A&M is So I send it off, and on the form, you can just simply put, I think, like, hair follicles on it. But the way Bert did it was he took a sampling of the tissue, like, right off their ear. And then we had Goldie's, who's our cow that's in milk, right? She's a proven cow. And then Princess Buttercup, who, yes, it is what you think. It is as you wish. It is inconceivable. These are all the reasons we named her Princess Buttercup is oh. after after I the Princess Bride. So to. if you've hung this long, yes, you were wondering. I'm sharing it with you. So we send She's Princess. She's talking about the name of the cow right. is from the movie The Princess yeah. Bride. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. So Anybody yes. want a peanut? It's, it's even on the, the the papers. It's on her official government name. Yeah. So we send both of these samples off. Government Princess, name. That's what it is. <laughs> it's not for the government. Baby, this is how she's registered. From, is, she's the, registered. With the Jersey government. Yeah. Not New Jersey. The Jersey cow. I wonder <laughs> if... <laughs> The genetics are a real thing. Like when a man becomes a father, is it just in the toolbox? Like you will tell dad jokes. Yes. Okay. So, so, so how, so when the test came back. So the test came back frustratingly in like totally different times. So we kept getting this almost like the waiting, like the. The uh, spinning color wheel of death. Buttercups came back right quick. And what we were looking for is this A2A2 genetics. It's basically saying this milk is the most digestible dairy you can get. A2A2, right? So you want this in your your milk. In fact, this is how all milk used to be. Used to all be A2A2 genetics because it was just normal for these dairy cows to be producing digestible milk. But then over time, between breeding and between crossbreeding to get the most out of different animals, we got A2A1. And it's not that it's indigestible at all. Yeah. Well, the more you know. It's not that A2A1 is indigestible. It's just that the desired genetics are going to be A2A2 for. An easily digestible I wonder if that's why the smaller breeds, like not the Holsteins and not the Jerseys, like the Dexters and the Guernseys, Mm -hmm. are less industrial Mm -hmm. and they're more likely to be an A2A2. Well, Dexters, I think, are almost all A2A2. Yes, and the Guernseys, but... Even in jerseys, you're going to see like 68% are A2A2. So I assumed both would be. We got our tests back. Buttercup A2A2. Waiting on that spinning color wheel of death. No, and you like gotta, you gotta just chill. Like you got to sit on that. Buttercup came in A2A2. That is phenomenal. Am I just too close to the situation? You are. No, you're not letting it build. It's great. That was awesome. It was fantastic. But also I was expecting it. Because here's the other reason. It caused, and it was was an effect that Buttercup had more value. What what you were just saying about, about her not fully fitting in 
for our family our with our little kids and our and our uh, lack of time to be able to properly train her. But yet, she was genetically perfect. She was amazing. She was She's gorgeous. gorgeous. Just so pretty. She had fantastic condition. Mm-hmm. She had no experience with grains, really. Like she'd eaten just a few grains. So she would be easy to adapt to a pasture lifestyle as I mean, long as she's having grass. Like oats and I mean she and had barley she had very them, little but it that wasn't sunflower like, seeds. She didn't have she didn't have a lactation grain. She didn't yeah. have corn. And it so wasn't like was, she came in and there's actually nothing wrong. The more and more I read about grains for your cows, sometimes this is a really good option because it's gonna help them keep their condition and it's gonna help them produce a really healthy, uh, robust milk like the content the nutrients in their their milk will be robust but with her coming back as a2a2 it almost made up the difference like when we were looking for a milk cow we wanted someone who was really comfortable being touched by hand we wanted a cow that was going to follow us as we talked to them we wanted a cow that was going to be gentle with our kids these were the qualities that we're looking for cow and milk and then all of this personality so buttercups deficit which are the things that we just weren't skilled at training her her genetics made up for it and that resulted in our ability in the future to sell her at the price that we could which wound up being to date our highest sale off of our property which is really exciting. So I don't know if you're ready to go there yet. No, it was great. But it was, it was, yeah, it was $2,300. Yeah. But if she had the, if she was properly trained, halter trained, mm-hmm. all of that, um, I, I, I mean, it could have been more than $3,000. Right. So like, like, here's the list of why she was so great oh, to sell. Oh, and she was pregnant too. Yeah. Like, so she's preg- pregnant and the pro of, of AIing your cow is you get to choose the bull you get to choose the gender and then obviously you're controlling when all of this goes down. So she is going to calf after the summer heat, but before the winter. So she's going to have a really healthy window of like minimal weather risk. She's going to have a like a purebred Jersey heifer calf. So that cow is 100%. As soon as that calf is born, you would be able to test it and you'd see A2, A2 genetics in that calf. So it was really, really great. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap up. The baby is woken up. This is how it is uh, at 10 o'clock at night. So so we ended up selling Buttercup. Goldie is not A2, A2. She's A1, A2, ah, but, but we don't really care. Her cream, her, her cream like content. We've never had an it's issue so with good. her milk it's and we so good. share and it all the just time. Perfect. She's perfect. Um, perfect. Also, perfect, perfect. We have pigs. We talked about the piglets. Today I tried to castrate a pig. I'm gonna let that be for another podcast, but that is rough and I did not like it. It's in the title about castrating pigs. My number one thing is to not wait until they are too big. Castrating a piglet that is too big is just bad. Well, too big also, that will be all over that podcast because yeah, things that we think are big. When you actually compare it to something else, our pigs are not huge, but they're bigger than we'd want them to be. Yeah, they're not. A, they're still piglets. Yeah, the window of like banding calves and castrating yeah. pigs is tight. That is it for this episode. So if you can, 
go over to Apple Podcasts. And if you give us a five-star review, I know we're on YouTube, but still Apple Podcasts is great. This is going over there. If you give us a five-star review and ask a question, we'll answer your question here on the podcast. I think that'll be fun. They give us a five-star review. We will answer your questions. But if it's four, we're not here for it. No, I'm not doing that. No, it's got to be five. We need that. We Just need, risk it. Risk it for one more We need Apple star. to recommend us. But, but we, also, we'll figure out some way. Like, they don't have a rating system here on, on YouTube. I don't know how to do that. But ask a question here, and we'll probably answer and it we as well. we appreciate it. We yes. appreciate you guys listening. We know that, and we say this all the time to our kids, like, Time is your number one commodity. It's the one thing that you can decide where it goes. So thank you for spending your time with us and for sharing your reviews and for recommending this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you want us to talk about here on the podcast on YouTube because we're on YouTube, y'all.